They're a handful sometimes, but they're a blessing. Thank the Lord for every one of them. Amen. Well, go ahead and take your Bibles today and go to the book of Malachi. I the message I'm going to preach today. Uh, one of the things I'm always nervous about when I do a message on the subject, but at the same time, um, I almost do it on purpose. There's one thing you can count on. I'm going to be preaching a message today on giving. Now, those of you that come here all the time, you know. I don't do it that often, but you can always count on visitors on those days. And uh, you know, you're always nervous because it's like uh, you know everybody thinks that all they talk about in churches is giving them money and stuff like that. And so uh, you know, you always get nervous because you don't want people to feel that way. But you can me mark it down. There's gonna be visitors, and we are thrilled to have visitors. So I thought, you know, I'll I'll go ahead and preach it on purpose, and we'll get some visitors. <laughs> and so. Uh, but at the same time, I, listen, I am not ashamed one bit. I'm not embarrassed at all to preach about giving. Uh, one thing that I, I promise I'm not going to do around here is I'm not going to avoid any subjects uh, just for fear of maybe scaring people off or maybe it's something that's a little controversial. If, if it needs to be preached and it's biblical, then we ought to do it. And what we're going to talk about today, it is completely biblical. And what I, we're going to talk about today... Who it benefits more than anybody else. It's you as an individual. This is something that is good for you. And we've been uh, doing our theme, kind of, you know, the voting theme. And the first week we talked about showing up. If you want to make a difference in an election, you have to show up and vote. You can support whoever you want. You can talk about them all you want. But if you don't actually vote for them, if you don't show up on voting day, you didn't really do any good. This week, I we actually voted this week. I, I saw they had early voting going. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do it, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm, I was anxious to fire a few people that we have in office. And uh, and I thank I thank God we have the ability to do that in this country. And so we already did the showing up part, uh, the speaking up. Now I know in church you're not supposed to be political uh, behind the pulpit. They'll take away your tax exempt status and things and like that. And you know what? The re- I don't talk a whole lot about politics. And I've been trying real hard in these messages not to get political, uh, but it's, you know I, I enjoy the subject, so it's hard for me not to. And it's really going to be hard in this message, so pray for me uh, that I don't. Uh, I tell you, I I don't make a huge deal about candidates and things because I know that they are not the ones that are going to make a difference in this country. It's God's people, and the ones that we need. I mean, we need, we ought to vote. We ought to be involved in that. But where the difference is going to be made is in local churches like this 
doing what God has told them to do, going and fulfilling that great commission, that's what's going to change things. That's what's going to make things better. Listen, we ought to, you know, our local leaders and things, they can make a difference on, you know, the local economy and things like that, making things better with, uh, whether it's with finances or crime or whatever. But at the same time, we're the ones that God wants to use. If we start seeing more people get saved, if we start encouraging more people to live godly and stopping certain sins and things, that's going to make the difference. If we, if there's more of God's people in this area, if more people are getting saved, and if more people are following the message we're going to be talking about today, God's going to have to bless them. And one of the ways that God is going to usually blesses people is through their jobs. And God may have to bless the economy in this area. And the difference, it's not going to be with who we elect. It's going to be with God's people. This is where the difference is made. But uh, but you still, and if you're going to make a difference in your church, you got to be here. You got to show up. And then the next week we talk about speaking up. All right, that's that's also very important. You know, you want to speak up maybe for a candidate. Uh, try to encourage other people to vote for them or uh, to tell folks about them so they understand. You know, there was I'll be honest with you. There's a few people that I voted for in this election. I don't even know who they are. And just kind of, I wasn't real sure. I I didn't study my. Uh, I should have got one of them sample ballots and done a little more homework. But uh, I was like, oh man, I don't even know on this one. But um, if somebody would have spoke up, you know, maybe I'd have known. And we we need, but as Christians, we need to speak up. We need to tell people about Christ. We need to speak up against sin. And then so we had show up, speak up. And this week, I had it took me a while to come up with something that went with the theme and that was alliterated. I was thinking. One of the main things you can do to help influence an election, one thing they try to get you to do, is to donate money to their campaign. Give money. That's how they pay for all them commercials and things that we're all sick of. All those, all that stuff, junk you've been getting in the mail, that's how they pay for that. People donate to their campaigns and it helps get the word out and it helps these guys. And a lot of times they say usually the one that's going to win is the one with the most money. And the truth is, uh, nothing's free. These days, everything costs money, and donating to campaigns it is it is necessary, and donating to the church is the same thing. If we are going to be the kind of church that we need to be, people are going to have to give. And listen, this message today I don't I, I wouldn't call it a rebuke as much of an exhortation because I I thank God for how faithful you have been in giving. God has provided our needs here. We've We've been able to pay all our bills on time since we've started this church, and God's been good to us. We've been able to, uh, you know, do different ministries and things in this church, but all of it, none of it's free. Everything costs money. These lights that we have on in here, they cost money. I mean, we could meet in the dark, but uh, you know that probably uh, wouldn't work out real good. You'd have a tough time following along your Bible. We could, you know, turn the heat off. But it's starting to get pretty cold out there. In fact, I should have turned it on. A little sooner today, it's a little cold in here right now. But you know those things—they all—they all cost money, and I'm not—I'm not ashamed one bit because I know that when you give money to the house of God, that it is a good thing. It's a—it's a command of God, and it's something that He is going to bless you with. And so the title of this message is "Settle Up," "Settle Up," which that's a term we use for paying a debt, paying something we owe. In Malachi chapter three, verse eight. Says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. 
Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your, fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Boy, a lot of great things in that passage. He talks about robbing God and your tithes and offerings. Listen, we, we, ought, we ought to give to God as Christians. We, uh, there are some things that we owe God. He says, will a man rob God? Our tithes, they belong to Him. And He says to bring them into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. If we're going to do the things that we need to do as a church, we need God's people that are a part of that church to go and bring in their tithes. That's the way it's always worked. It's the way they did it in the Old Testament. We may look at some of that, how they did that, but they did the same thing way back then. And we still do it now. And God said to those that weren't, He said, you've robbed me. He said, ye are cursed with a curse. This is why I'm not embarrassed to talk about tithing. Because the Bible says that when you don't, you're cursed with a curse. I don't know about you, but there is, I have seen a lot of people that are cursed financially. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many people I've known who make way more money than I do. And you look at their financial problems and things that are in, you're thinking, what is going on? Cursed with a curse. You're not listen. God is not going to bless your finances if you're not if you're not giving to Him. And He goes on. and He says, uh, He says, "Prove me now here with you." Think, oh, man, I, I can't afford to do that. Tithe. God said, "Prove me now here with. Prove me. Put me to the test. If you do it, He said, just see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it. Just, just try it." So just try it. You'll be amazed. I mean, I'm here to tell you. I know mathematically it doesn't make sense, but 90% does go farther than 100%. It does. I and I've seen it firsthand in my own life. But I could give you all kinds of stories and examples. I don't really like doing that, but I like to show what the Bible says. God says, "Prove me." Now here with He said, "And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes." Who's the devourer? Who is that? Well, I've come in contact with the devourer a few times. The devourer, uh, he maybe because people say I, I I don't tithe. Yeah, you do. You either tithe to the church or you tithe to the devourer. The devourer maybe come in the form of a car mechanic. Remember, have you ever had that one before where it's just like everything goes bad all at once? Your car breaks down, the furnace goes out. You know, you get some hospital bill. I mean, there's all these things, and they add up fast, and you just get overwhelmed. Anybody ever been there before? Is that just me? I've been there before, man. That's not fun when that happens. I mean, the devourer—they come in all—they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, you—you just never know what to expect. You'll think everything's fine, and it's like, hey, you actually have a few extra dollars in your pocket, and you're driving down the road, and you have a blowout. Now you got to go buy a tire. And I mean, who knows? Or maybe you think, all right, you know, hey, we actually have enough money this this month, and then all of a sudden you look at your kids and 
They've all grown like three inches and their pants are up above their ankles and you're thinking, oh, got to buy them more clothes. My kids, man, they, they go through clothes like crazy. They go through food. Eh? They want to eat every day. More than once a day. They want to eat. And I tell you, you know, you got five of them and it gets expensive. And the older they get, the more expensive it gets. And it's like sometimes you think, man, there's just there's not enough to go around that devour. It comes, it comes, and you never know when it's going to come. It comes when you least expect it. It comes. I mean, it'll come a lot of times at the worst possible time that you can imagine. We're coming up on the Christmas season. That's one of the times it comes. And listen, God says, I will rebuke the devourer. There's been times where I've had the devourer come after me, but there's been other times where God has just poured His blessing out on me. Or maybe I had to go and buy, maybe I had to go make some kind of expensive purchase. And it just so happened that that day they had a huge sale and it was way cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Or maybe I had some unexpected money come in. I, I could tell you so many stories about times when those things did happen. Because listen, even when you're right with God, your car is still going to break down sometime. Even if you're right with God, you're still going to have those things happen. But you know what? God will take care of it when that does come. Uh, uh, and uh, it's exciting when that happens. But we've got to make sure that we are doing our part. And then when we are, we can claim these promises. He said, "...and all nations shall call you blessed." And people are going to look at you and say, man, that is, that is a blessed person there. They're going to, I, I mean, I've never been what anybody would call rich. But I've had people who thought I was rich before. People who maybe they didn't know me real well and they just assumed I had money. And you know why? Because it's not that I'm rich, it's that I'm blessed. God has blessed my life. He's blessed my family. And God uh, God has been good to us. We've never had a ton of money, but you know we've always had the things that we need needed. God when God promised to bless us, he didn't promise that we would all have, you know, be able to have the latest cell phone and the biggest house and all those things. He didn't promise that, but he promised we'd have the things that we need. If you're if you're gonna get greedy, well that's another story. Alright? If you want to get if you want to get all those things that you want, you need to go talk to the television evangelists that are always trying to get you to put the thousand dollars in your credit card to give to them so God will give you ten thousand. Alright, you know, no, I'm not I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about God's provision for your needs. But God said, Will a man rob God? Listen, as Christians, it's our responsibility to get the gospel out to all the world. It's our gospel to get the message out locally in this area, and that costs money. Those tracks and things that we have out there, they're not free. We say, well, yeah, they are. There's places that will donate them to you. Well, yeah, you know why they donate them to you? Because somebody else is supporting them financially. Somebody else is giving them money, and they're able to do that. You know, We've got these John and Romans Bibles we give out. We have other Bibles that we give people, uh, that we give them for free. But you know what? Somebody pays for them somewhere. Somebody has to. Things, if things, uh, nothing is free. People think that they're constantly you know, saying, you know, the government needs to give this, the government needs to give that. We need free this, free that. There is no such thing. Everything costs money. It's going to come from somewhere, and we've got to we've got to realize that that it is it is a necessity to have to have the, to have the offerings. Listen, I mean, I. I enjoy preaching to people. I enjoy giving the gospel message out. I wish we didn't have to take up an offering. I wish there was just this unlimited, you know, 
resource that we could go to for any money we needed, but that's just not the way it works. It's not out there. It doesn't exist. And that and the way that God intended for it was for His people and His local church uh, to give to the house of God, to give of their tithes and offerings. And that's how we're able to do the things that we do. That's how we're able to have the King's Kids program where we can try to reach kids with the Gospel. Uh, that's how we can uh, you know, keep the lights on in this place and uh, do whatever we need to do here. It all comes down from finances. You might not be able to do the actual physical work, but your giving to it makes it possible. I believe in the eyes of God, it's you're getting rewarded just as much as I am for it. We all have a different part. We're all part of one body. And every one of you are absolutely necessary and key and important. But we need finances to take care of what God has given us. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but if you go to the book of Haggai, Haggai chapter one. It's one of the it's one of the hard ones to find there in, in the Old Testament. One of the minor prophets, but uh, the house of God at this time, it's lying waste. It's in bad shape, and uh, I mean it's it's a disgrace. It's making it's making God look bad. And listen to what God says in Haggai chapter one. It says in the second year of Darius the king in the sixth month, in the first day of the month. I'll skip all that bunch of names, but it says. Uh, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. The house of God, I mean, it was very important for the Jews. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was very, very important. It was absolutely necessary. And they're thinking, No, it's not time right now. We're not ready to build the house of God. It's going to be expensive to do that. It's going to cost a lot of money. So it's not time. But in verse 3, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? They're saying it's not time for the house of God to be built, maybe financially, but yet their houses are all fine. Their houses are in great shape. They're not living in shambles. They're not living on the streets. Their houses were fine. They're worried about their house. They're not worried about the house of God. And he says in verse 5, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. He say, now wait a minute. Think about what you're doing here. Now I know our priorities and our way of thinking is a lot different than God's. But God's trying to get them to think here. It's like, okay, think about this for a second. It says, Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough to drink. But ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. I'm going to stop reading there for a second. Right now when we're at a bad time financially in this country, when all this talk about the recession, and uh, I mean, you hear the politicians, I mean, if they're trying to get elected, the end of the world's about to come financially. If they're already in office, all things aren't that bad. They're going, they're going to be better. But you hear all that stuff. But listen, I, right now, I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably working a lot harder than they ever have, and it doesn't just they're not getting as much. God said, "That's what's happening to you right now. You're sowing much, but you're bringing in little. You're working hard, but you're not getting much for it." He says, "You earn wages and you put it into a bag with holes in it." Have you ever, have you ever been? To, sometimes I think my wallet has a hole in it. You'll go and boy, you'll you'll put some money in that wallet, and it goes fast, doesn't it? I mean that bank account. You know, I always do the online banking, and you know, you deposit all this money in there, and then all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, it's gone. Where'd it go? You got to go back. I'm like, oh yeah, I did spend that. Yeah, I spent. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I did all that. Sometimes I think there's a conspiracy. 
I remember one time there was one. I went. I had five hundred dollars that actually got transferred in somebody else's account, and they fixed it. But boy, I was mad. <laughs> I was I was mad. And sometimes, I, but it hasn't happened since then. I just thought it did a few times. It's like we put it into a bag that's got holes in it. And God said, that's what's happening to you right now. And He says, thus saith, again, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much and lo, it came to little. When ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man into his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. God said, listen, there's a reason you're in this recession right now. There's a reason you're in this famine right now. You all have been so worried about bringing in stuff for yourself. You've been so worried about taking care of your own house and you've neglected my house. You've let it lie waste. It's an embarrassment. What used to I mean, glorify God in a great way. People would come from miles around to see this house of God. It was so magnificent. People would look at it and they would think, wow, what God is this that they serve that they would build this kind of house to Him? And God was glorified in it. But now, it was a wreck. It was in ruin. And it made God look bad. And God told him, says, I'm not going to bless you until you take care of this. When you take care of it, I will bless you. And listen, as a church, we have a responsibility to take care of this place here. And once again, it costs money. It, it's not, it's not, there's, there's things that are going to deteriorate over time. I mean, at one, I mean, this carp, the carpet in here, you know, I'm sure 20 years ago, it probably looked great. <laughs> but you know what? After a while, you got to replace those things, and I, um, I've got it. Uh, in a, probably in a couple of weeks, I'm planning on kind of rolling out a challenge so we can start uh, a way we can start uh, raising some money to start doing some remodeling around here because we're uncontent. No, I thank God for this place. I'm thrilled to death about it every day. I, I, I can't get over how good God's been, but the reason I want to do more is because I want to make sure that okay, God gave us a great place. A nice, I want us to keep it that way. I want us to. I want us to take care of it. I want us to honor God with it. I want when other people to come here to say, "Hey, these people they care about this place. Boy, this place must be important to them." And listen, if we do that, God, I believe God will bless the people in this church. I, be, I, be, I believe He'll do that. If stuff starts breaking down around here and we don't fix it, it'll, I believe it'll start happening in our own homes. And we're gonna have, we'll have to be paying for all those things there. Listen, we need to make sure that we take care of what God's given us. We need to make sure that as a church, that, and as individuals, that we pay our bills on time. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I want to read this to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. This would be a great lesson for people to learn. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4 says, When thou vowest a vow unto God, Defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. 
Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in a multitude of dreams and many words there are also divers vanities, but fear thou God. Well, God's saying, listen, it's good to you know, make promise to God and come say, Lord, I promise I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my tithes. Or Lord, I'm going to give extra in this area. It's good for you to do that. But listen, if you're not going to go through with it, don't make that promise. Don't make that promise. Listen, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not a big fundraiser type of guy. I'm not gonna get up here and try to make people make promises. You know why? Because too many times people don't. One, they don't fulfill their promises. And two, I don't want to cause you to make a promise that maybe you're not really prepared for, that you're not ready to make. And because God says, if you make that promise, you need to go through with it. If you don't, it's a huge sin. And he said, you're better off to just not promise it at all. Like right now, as far as I know, there's nobody in this church right now that's mad at me for not giving them $50. You know why? I haven't promised it to anybody. If I told you last week that I was going to give you $50 and I still haven't done it, you're probably going to be a little aggravated with me. But you're not. You know why? I didn't promise it. And it would have been nice if I had given you $50, but... Here's the thing, if I'd have promised it to you, it might not have happened. And then now I've gotten myself in trouble. I've, my mouth has caused my flesh to sin. We've got to be careful about that. We, if we make a promise, and not just to God, but to other people. We need, we need to do that. Listen, uh, you know, we voluntarily get ourselves in most of the financial trouble we get into. You know, We go... And we show, we ask the we call the cable company and say, hey, come install the satellite at my house. And they're like, okay, well you got to sign this thing here saying that you're going to pay this much money a month, okay? And then you know, and the layer, oh, man, I got to pay this stupid bill. Well, you didn't have to. You didn't have to call them up and tell them, you know, that car that you went. I mean, how many of you ever had a car salesman show up at your house and sell you a car? I haven't had that happen yet. I've had other people try to get me to buy my house. But you know what? Usually we go out to the car a lot. We look, we sign those thousands of papers they make you sign. We do that. We tell them, I will do this, I will do that, I will give you my soul if I don't pay this. I mean, we do, we do all that stuff. We do it. And we need to go through with it. Listen, I don't believe God has one rule for Him and another rule for other people. If we promise something, we ought to go through with it. And listen, as a church, there's a lot of things I'd like to do here. You know, if we wanted, we could go, maybe go to the bank and say, hey, you know, we've got all kinds of stuff that we want to do to our church. We want to build a bigger building. Uh, we want to remodel everything. And we could probably get them to give us some money for a loan. But then you know what? We've got to pay it back, don't we? And a lot of times, churches, they go and they bite off more than they can chew. They promise more than they're able to deliver. And it gets them in trouble. And we've got to make sure that we don't ever allow ourselves to do that. God's not going to bless that. If we're going and you say, well, that, that guy, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's the plumber in town and we owe him money. Maybe he's a lost person. Maybe he's a mean guy. Uh, we don't need to worry about paying him. He's not even a Christian. Uh, you think you know, God's not going to get mad at us if we rip off an unbeliever. Yes, He is. You know why? Because God wants Him to become a believer. And if Christians are, are ripping Him off financially, you think He's going to listen to anything we have to say? Absolutely not. 
We've got to make sure that we keep our promises. And that goes for us as a church. It goes for us as individuals. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7 talks more about that. We don't have time to go to it. But we need to take, we need to take care of what God's given us. God has blessed us in a great way with this building. I wish you could go to the church planner conferences and things that I go to and talk to some of these other people. And I'm telling you, when people see what God has given us in just one year, they're amazed by it. Because God has been good to us. And we have a huge responsibility to take care of it. And we are. I mean, we, we are. We're paying, we're, uh, we're paying our bills. So this is not a rebuke as much as an exhortation to keep doing what you're doing. But I want you to understand that what we're doing, it's absolutely biblical. That God expects this of us. And that it's, uh, that it's our responsibility as a church and as individuals. And we need to make sure, uh, that we don't, uh, that we don't neglect that. That we don't fail to do that. But we need finances also to take care of God's servants. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Verse 9 it says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now we're not going to take time to read that whole passage. But Elijah, the man of God, God's prophet, God tells him, God did all kinds of things to take care of Elijah. For a long time, God had birds bring food to Elijah. God always takes care of His servants. Okay, God, He does. God has taken care of me. God, God has blessed my family. God has always, He's always taken care of us. He, He, He just does. He does it miraculous ways. But in this, God, in this story, God wanted this widow woman to take care of Elijah's needs. He needed to eat. And so he goes to this woman's house and she's going and gathering some sticks together and they got just one they got enough food for one more meal for her and her son. There was a horrible famine in the land. It was a very a terrible time financially uh, there in Israel. And Elijah goes to her and he says, You know what? I want you to take that food and make it for me. Give me your last meal. Now listen, I would never ask somebody to do that. But God told Elijah to do that in this situation. He said, and she, and so she did. By faith, she listened to Elijah. She made that food. She took the very last of her food and she gave it to Elijah. And after that, for the rest of the famine, every time she went back to go get that meal, there was still some there. There was more there. It was miraculous. It was totally of God. But she never ran out of food for the rest of that family. You know why? She took care of God's servant. God took care of her. And God, and God always has a way to take care of His servants. But I'm here to tell you that God always also takes care of the people who takes care of His servants. You can mark it down. I mean, every time you see that in the Bible. Uh, there, uh, there's another example with Elisha. Same thing with him. Where uh, people, they took care of him. And God took care of their needs. There's throughout the whole Bible. There's examples of that. We don't even have time to go through all of them. I want to show you one more Hebrews chapter seven, verse nine. This is really neat. I mean, you might not think it's a big deal, but God does, and God blesses this. And listen, I came. I, I thank God. I came from a home. I was taught these things as a, as a young child. I grew up following them, and God has blessed me so much as a result of that. But in uh, Hebrews chapter seven, verse nine, it says. It, and as I may so say, Levi also who receiveth tithes 
paid tithes in Abraham. Now Levi, in the children of Israel, in the Old Testament times, there was the twelve tribes. And the tribe of Levi, they were the servants of God. They were the, that's where the priests came from, the musicians, all the people that did the work in the house of God. It was the Levites that did that. The Levites, they, they lived off the things of the house of God. From the food and the money and everything that came into the house of God. That's how they lived on that. All the other tribes, they paid tithes to the house of God. And it took care of the house of God. And it took care of the Levites. That's how God did it. And God here says in Hebrews, it said that Levi who receiveth tithes, they also paid tithes through Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek who was a servant of God. Abraham did. Levi wasn't even born yet. Levi was the great-grandson of Abraham. But God said he paid tithes through Abraham. I don't know if you realize what God is saying here, but this kind when you do what you're supposed to do financially... When you give to the house of God, when you take care of God's servants, not only is God going to bless you, He's going to bless the next generations that come after you. There are many blessings that we see throughout the Bible where God not only blesses you, but He blesses the next generations. And there's also many curses that we see in the Bible that get handed down to the third and fourth generation. And giving to the house of God, to the servants of God... God blesses that for generations. Not doing it, curse. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that what, I mean, it is a wonderful thing to do. God is going to take care of you. God said that he, he did, uh, that Levi did it through Abraham. I mean, I, I think that's an amazing thing that we see there. And you know, and so many people today, they're critical of churches asking. For free will offerings, we don't make anybody give. I mean, we don't. So it's. I just. I want people to come. I like having people to preach to. I don't care. The only reason I make a big deal about it is because God does. It's biblical. As a church, I want to do things in a biblical way. I want to do things the way God said to. This is how He said to do it. On the first day of the week, you know, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. When I mean, we we do those things, but people are critical of churches asking for free will offerings, but they're totally for a government that forces taxes to pay for stupidity sometimes. Now listen, there are some things. I believe in paying taxes. I believe. Uh, I thank God that we have police officers and firemen and that we have uh, ambulances. And I mean, there's a lot of things that our tax dollars pay for that I'm very thankful for. I'm glad we have roads. I'm, I'm thrilled to death about those things. There's a lot of things that we have that our government has provided with our money, by the way. Remember that. With tax money that are a blessing that are absolutely necessary, that are important. But you know, we will go right along with all that stuff. And yet when a church does a free will offering, and by the way, a lot of the stuff that the government is doing with our money, with our tax dollars, is stuff that for years the churches took care of those things. But what happened is people, they stopped giving to the churches. Churches couldn't afford to do those things. They weren't getting done. And so the government stepped in and like, I guess we're going to have to take care of this. And look, that, look government's the last one you want stepping in. You know, if you don't take care of your kids, if you don't raise your kids, somebody's going to have to step in and do it. If it's not another family member, sometimes the government steps in. By then, they're usually watching them in the jailhouse or something like that. That's not what you want. 
We as we need to do these things as individuals, as a church, and there are so many ministries that now churches can't do anymore because they put all these regulations and things on them. You know, because the government took it over and they messed it all up. And it's because God's people they quit giving, and we need to realize that what we're doing as a church is so important. Getting the gospel out there. I mean, it will. St- if, if people would get saved, more people would get saved, there would be less crime. You know how much money we're spending on prisons and things? It's a lot. If those people would have gotten saved before they did all those things, then it wouldn't have been a problem. There wouldn't be as many robberies. There wouldn't be as many murders. All these things that cost millions and millions of dollars would be stopped if we, if more of God's people were doing their job and getting the gospel out there. And if we, if we could have more of those outreach programs to really make a difference, the government can't do it. Listen, the government is not supposed to, and they, they cannot promote a religion. The government cannot go and do things, use taxpayer money to promote Jesus Christ. Okay, government and religion, they are supposed to be separate. We're supposed to do those things though. We should be. That's what's going to make the difference. Just going and giving things to people, all right, it's not going to fix their problems. It's not going to change their lives. Jesus Christ will change their life. Jesus Christ will fix their problems. And it is it's so important that we are doing those things anymore. Churches uh I mean they're just doing all they can to just pay their bills. And to keep the doors open, let alone doing things to go out and make an impact. And we've got to do. We've got. We need finances if we're going to spread the gospel globally. We are not called to just win Rock Falls. We've been called to win the world. And we need to help. We need to help send missionaries out across the world. We need to do that to make a difference. It can't be done for free. Somebody, there is there is nothing in this world that's free. People all the time, they look at all these things that the government's doing. They're talking about free this, free that. It's not free. It's not, it's not free. Somebody's, somebody's paying for it. And the same thing goes for churches. As a church, boy, we want to do as many things we can for other people. I get calls all the time. People wanting financial help, wanting money. Okay, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the ability or the right to just, to go and spend the church money to give it to whoever asked for it. There have been people I've helped, but when I have, it's been out of my own pocket. I'm not going to use uh, the church's money without uh, there being some things in place for accountability and things like that. But people, when when I've had to say no to some people, you would be shocked the way that they they act. Like, like sorry, sorry, we don't have unlimited funds to pay everybody's electric bill, to put gas in everybody's car. That costs money, and it comes from somewhere. And it comes from it comes from God's people, and I know none of you in here. I mean, you all. I doubt any of you have unlimited resources to tap into. You know, it is, that it is hard. And but you you've been faithful. You've done what you're supposed to, you're supposed to do, and that's all that God asks. I believe if God's people would just give the tithes and offerings like He commanded, we would be able to do everything God wants us to do. We would have enough. Say, so, well, that that would be that. Well, then God will send us more people. If he, wants to, if he wants us to do more than that. God did not ask us to give all of it. All of it's His. But He's given he, everything we have, He's given it to us. He said, but I want you by faith to go back and give that 10%. And that's how I'm going to take care of my house. That's what I'm going to use to spread the Gospel. 
And we all have a part in that. It can't just be... It, listen, any, pa- any church where it's just the pastor, it's not going to work. you got to have other members too. Each one of you are just as important as I am. Don't I? I mean, we are, we're, all, we're all a part of a body. And so, the challenge today is settle up. Are you, have you, do you owe God money right now? Where, where have you been holding back? Do you owe somebody else money? You think God's going to bless you if you've been ripping off your neighbor? I don't think so. We need to take care of these things. We need to start following biblical principles. I, I hope in the near future, so I don't like preaching on money very often, very often. I don't want people to get the wrong idea, especially on Sunday morning. I'm hoping eventually to do a financial series because the Bible is just full of things about how we should be with our money. And I'm telling you, when you put it into practice, it works. And it's not just all about giving. Okay, listen, if you've if you've I don't I don't want you to give all your money. I don't want you to starve your kids so you can give to the church. And God doesn't want you to do that either. But he does want uh, he does want us to do what we can. He does want us to give those tithes. And I believe a lot of people their tithe is going to that smartphone maybe, or it's going to that extra car, or it's going to whatever. We need to really search ourselves and, and settle up in our lives. Say, you know what? I want to make sure I'm not robbing God. And I'm I can promise you based on the Word of God, God will bless you. You can do more with 90% than you can with 100%. Because 100% is more than 90 but 90% with God's blessing on it is way better. And I, I hope that you will do that. I hope you... Because I... Not because I'm thinking about myself. Because I'm thinking about you. I know this works. I, I gave you all kinds of Bible on it. God will, God will bless you for it. So let's all stand together. Our heads bowed and eyes closed.